welcome to this King's Church talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Just before we um, start our talk, Pauline's going to share some verses out of the book of Judges. One of those books you never look at. Yeah, Judges chapter 6, just a few verses. Thanks, Pauline. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek and the people of the east would attack Israel's camping in the land and destroy the crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as a flock of locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Okay, so actually going to look at some of the stuff that happened in chapter 6 and chapter 7 today. But first of all, just let me give you a useless piece of information. 40 years ago today, on the 20th of October, isn't it? Kind of that date sticks in my mind. Because it was a beautiful sunny day, and it was my wedding day. Now that has got absolutely nothing to do with our talk, <laughs> except for the number 40. Because you see, the times that we're talking about go way back, about 1375 to 1210 BC. That's a long, long time ago, isn't it? But just before then, Moses, for 40 years had led the people of God out of Egypt and into the wilderness and then just about to get into the land of Canaan and Moses pops his clogs. But thankfully God had another man in place to, t to take the leadership called Joshua. Joshua did a fantastic job. Led the people, they all followed him into the land of Canaan Sadly, things went well for, for starters, but eventually the people, as we've seen, sinned again. I think what was happening was that they got into that land of Cana. They saw that these Canaanites, they were well organized, they had big cities, they were wealthy, they had plenty of dosh, but they worshipped false gods. And soon the people of God started to follow these false gods. And that's when things kind of went bad. 
These were dark times. And God had to use <coughs> certain people to go to his nation and lead them and take charge. And they were called judges. Now, after some of these judges had done their bit, again, that number 40 comes into play because some of them did such a good job that when they were finished, there was a long time of peace. And if I could find my list of people, I could tell you who it was. Here we go. After Othniel's time, there was 40 years of peace. After Debegan's time, there was 40 years of peace. And after Gideon's time, there was 40 years of peace. But the people, sadly, in Gideon's day, had this constant cycle of what's called apostasy, turning away from God, servitude, supplication, and then salvation. But at the start of Gideon's leadership, we find God's people hiding in dens, in caves, in mountains, because due to their disobedience and the worship of false gods, God had allowed the Midianites and the Amalekites to come into the land. And as they came into the land, they didn't just come in by ones and twos. They came in their thousands and overcame the people of God. And that's why they had to go and hide. Because they would come and they would take any food that they could find. And they would collect up any animals and take them back with them. Now what we want to do at this point, I need four small volunteers for a quick game of hide and seek. And we've got four young ones that we can use. If not, I'm going to pick four big ones. But four little ones. Maybe less than ten years old. That, oh, that'd be good. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Have we got another, another two? Are we going to play hide and seek? And we'll have some sweets for the winners. Pauline will give you sweets. Never take sweets off anybody you don't know. We know Pauline. So, are you going to come and help play a quick game of hide and seek? Oh, I'm going to have to pick somebody. Oh, I've only got one volunteer. Well, that's okay. You've got the lamb and you've got the food. That's it. And, and you've, you've got the donkey. Okay. And, and a bit of food. Okay. So we need two more volunteers because you two are going to do the hiding. And we need two to do some seeking. Ooh, let's, let's, uh, let's pick some big ones that are fairly useless at finding things. Eh? Yeah. Steve, would you come down and do some finding? No, you keep hold of that a minute. Oh, your sister, where's she at? Are you going to come? Well, I'll tell you what, if you can't come, send your mum. Okay. Right. What we're going to do, you two are the seekers, okay. 
Now, no cheating here. You turn and look that way. You turn and look that way. Now, you go and hide over there somewhere. Make sure nobody can see you. And I'll give you 10 seconds to hide. And then they'll come and find you. And they've got 10 seconds to find you. Okay. So you go over there. And you, you go over that side and hide. Okay, are we well hidden? Yeah, okay. I think we're well enough hidden. Okay, you two can turn. You've got 10 seconds to find them and we're going to do a countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, okay. Well done. Come back down and get some sweets off Pauline. Well done. Smashing. Fun. Just put that on there. Yeah. And you can have a sweet. Okay. Cheers. Shall I, shall I keep the lamp? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well done. <clears throat> so the people hid. They had to hide their food. They had to hide the animals. But when the Midianites and the Malachites came, there were so many... They usually found most of the stuff, and the people were basically starving. Gideon himself was in hiding. He was beating out some wheat in an old wine press. Now, Gideon was a, a big, powerful fellow. You would have thought, oh, he's not going to be scared of anybody, but he was. He was scared of the enemy. And God decided to do something about this situation. So he sends an angel to Gideon. And when the angel found him, there he was, sorting out his wheat to make a bit of food. And the angel says, oh, mighty man of valor. Well, he didn't look like a mighty man of valor because he was hiding, making a, a little bit of food so that he could survive. Now, the angel says to him, Gideon, I want you to go and tear down the false altars of Baal. The false altars and the poles that have been set up. Even your dad's got a false altar. Go and tear that down. Whoa, hang on now. Let's have a think about this. I'm not too keen on dying, you know, because uh, what will people think? What will my family think? What will my dad think? So Gideon said, well, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's have a talk about this. He said, you wait there and I'll just make a bit of food and we'll have a chat. So Gideon went in, he made a bit of food and he made some soup for this, this angel that had turned up. And when he came out, the angel said, well, just put it all down there on the stone. And I said, I'll tell you what. Get your bowl of soup and pour that over the top of the food. It's a funny way to serve food. And the angel picked up his staff and touched the food and fire came up out of the stones and burned up all the food. Now, that's a bit of a sign, isn't it, when you think about it? That's a bit of a, 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 a demo thinking, well... You've got to believe this guy now. So I said, Gideon, this is what God wants you to do. Get 
that altar pulled down. Now, then the angel went. But Gideon was a little bit scared. So I thought, well, I'm not going to do it in the daylight. I'll do it at dark. So I took ten men. He took ten men with him and he tore that old altar down and he made an altar himself and he sacrificed a bull on the altar, on God's altar. And he used the bull because the symbol of Baal was a bull and he had torn that down. And so here he sacrifices, he burns up this bull on his altar. Now, after some time, God speaks to Gideon and um, he says, I want you to save your people. He said, Gideon, you're a mighty man. I want you in your power to go and save your people. And Gideon's thinking, well, who am I? I'm, I'm the least in my family, and my family is the least important amongst all the other people. And he says, well, and he thinks of some excuse to make, of course. And Gideon goes, he says, I'll tell you what, he says, do me a favor. Let's have a little sign. And he says, if I've got a fleece here, it's a Dunmail Park fleece, this one, anyway. But. <laughs> he said, I've got a fleece. And he says, if I laid down in the, in the, on the floor there in the wine press, and in the morning, if that fleece is wet with dew, but all the land is still parched and dry and it's not being touched, I'll believe you. And so, in the morning... God had done exactly what he, what he had asked. And he took the fleece and he squeezed it out and he got about half a jug of water out of the fleece. That's a fair bit of water. But it wasn't quite good enough for Gideon. I'm not quite persuaded. So Gideon said, well, God, if you don't mind... Uh, I'd like to do another test. Now, you've got to be careful not to push your luck with God. But Gideon said, Lord, if I just lay that down again, and, and overnight, if you send the dew, and if all the land's wet in the morning, but there's no water on that fleece, I'll believe you. And sure enough, in the morning, picked up the fleece. All the land was soaking wet. Not a bit of water in the fleece. So Gideon, at this time, is starting to actually believe what God is saying. He's starting to have a bit of faith in God. So what he did, Gideon sent out messengers... He didn't send them out into all the land, but he sent out messengers to some of the 12 tribes. And he said, look, we're going to fight against the Midianites. Send me some fighting men. 
And eventually, 32,000 men turned up. Now, Gideon must have thought, hey, that's not a bad turnout. We've got a bit of a chance here. Not a bad turnout at all. But God said to Gideon, hang on, you've got too many people. God said, I don't want the people saying that they did this all by themselves. He said, send home anyone that's scared to fight. Send them home. Oh, Gideon's thinking, hang on. This sounds like a bad idea. And they told the people, and 22,000 went home. 22,000 didn't leave a lot. All those that were scared to fight. Now, I can imagine those that were scared to fight, you know, they wouldn't want all the other people to think that they were scared, would they? So I'm sure some of them would have made excuses. You won't find this in the Bible, but I'm just sort of imagining this, that some of them are going to turn to their mates and say, well, I'm... Uh, I've got a dental appointment. I've got to go. I can't hang about. Or I've got to get the little before it shuts because my wife's given me a, a shopping list. And, you know, they would make excuses, I'm sure. 10,000 were left. And poor old Gideon, he, he must have thought, well, oh, 10,000. Oh, it's not a bad number. I mean... The more people you've got in a fight, the better. 10,000, okay, we can maybe make a fight of it. And God said, you've got too many people. Oh, Gideon's like, hang on, eh? I've only got 10,000. The Midianites have got thousands and thousands. God said, tell you what to do. He says, I'm going to test these people. Take them down to some water because they're going to be thirsty by now anyway. And watch for those that kneel down like a dog would do and, and lap up the water with their head sort of down. And watch for the ones that are standing, being careful, and they're just dipping the hand in the water and taking it like that. And he said, all those that kneel down to the water and lap it up like dogs, send them home. Okay, I'll do it, Gideon said. 9,700 people were sent home. Now then, I'm going to ask somebody a question. Now, I've told this gentleman about this question because I thought it would be better to use somebody who's good at sums. No. How do we switch that on? Just check that this come out here. <laughs> now there's, there's, there's a suite if you get this spot on. Okay, I better not stand too close with this one. Okay, so we know the total number. What, yeah, thirty-two thousand. Thirty-two thousand. Right. And twenty-two thousand went home. Initially. Mm -hmm. 
And then Gideon sent another 9,700 back to the tents. How many fighting men were left? Have you got a calculator? <laughs> I'm sure you can well, do that in your head. I think the same as that we're at Thermopylae, 300. Oh, do you know? You're almost spot on. <laughs> 301. Yes, well done. Because <laughs> you nearly forgot about Gideon. Can we give you a sweet for that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't take the purple ones, I like them. No, no, okay. That's great, thank you. Not a lot of men left. What on earth must Gideon have thought? I've got to fight a battle. I've got a handful of men. So this is what he does. God gives him this plan. Now for this plan, what we have is we have some volunteers. So all my volunteers, all my fighting men come down this way. Yeah, hopefully there's six of you. Come on, down this way. Good. Well done. Two, four. Two, four. We've got one missing. Come on, be quick. That's it. This is what he does. And he issues. That's it. Champion. Excellent. Just, that's it. Spot on. Just stand over there for now. He issues his orders. Now, just give me a moment while I just issue the orders. Okay. So, my fighting men, what we're going to do, we're going to, in a minute, we're going to get on the outskirts of the camp of the Midianites, because they're all camped in a valley, and we're kind of on a hillside. I want you to divide yourselves up, and, and actually, we're just going to stand in a line here. But divide yourselves up, and get on the outskirts of the camp. And he said, you'll all have a jar, a clay jar, plant pot, with a, a light in it and a horn. And we have some, uh, a slightly bigger horn to blow at some point. Ah, excellent, good, good, good. So you take that. And you have that, excellent. Really good. Now, the plan was to get on the outskirts of the camp at night, at the second watch of the night, when the watch had just changed, so it was all a bit chaos anyway. And what they were going to do is what we're going to do now. At the second watch of the night, when it was all dark, Jason's going to switch the lights off in a second. Let's just space ourselves out here, guys. Come a little bit along this way. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Spot on. Just that. That's fine. That's just space yourselves out a bit. Yeah. A bit more. A bit more. This way. You, you come forward. That's it. Spot on. So Gideon said, what we're going to do at my command, we're going to shout for the Lord... And for Gideon. So we won't do that yet. Just a second. I'll give you the command. And then he said we're going to put the pots down and just hold the horns and the, the lights. Because what the, what the men of God did was to smash the jars to make a load of noise. But I thought we'd better not do that on the nice wooden floor. And he said we're going to shout for the Lord and for Gideon. We're going to blow the horns as loud as we can. And shine the lights, okay, to confuse the enemy. Yeah? So that's what it's all about. So, one, two, 
For the Lord and for Gideon. Was that loud enough? Louder, louder, louder. Lift the lights up, lift the lights up. Confuse the people. Well done. Excellent. Thank you. Well done. And the sweets here, guys, if you want some sweets. How was that? Now, this is the middle of the night. All the enemy, they hadn't suspected anything at all was going to happen. So, they're all in the pyjamas and the night shirts, and it's like, oh, get the pyjamas off. There's, there's somebody coming to fight. But before that, what had happened was that Gideon had heard that these Midianites were actually scared of him. Because God had been giving them visions that down the mountainside a loaf would kind of tumble down and flatten the tents and they thought it's none other than Gideon and his army. They're coming to absolutely flatten us and God has given us into their hand. And they were absolutely scared stiff. And they started to panic. And God caused confusion amongst the enemy. And he caused them to fight amongst themselves. And that day, Gideon won the battle with his men. And chased what was left of the army all the way back to the Jordan. He even sent, eventually he even sent for more help and wiped out the enemy. And that's why there was 40 years of peace afterwards. Now God, with his tests, the tests that Gideon had given God, God was slowly building up Gideon's faith. Gideon's belief that God could actually do what he said. Those signs like burning up the food and getting away with actually pulling down that altar and building up this altar to God. And the fleece that was laid down and the visions that were given to the enemy. Gideon's faith in God was expanded. And you know, God asks us to use faith. He asks us to put our faith in him. And when I looked at chapter 6 and 7, and I see some of the things that happened there, it makes me think of other things in the New Testament. You know, this fleece that was laid down on the earth makes me think of a lamb. The lamb of God who laid his life down on the earth. Not just as a sign, but as a sacrifice that our sins might be forgiven. That we might have peace with God. You know something, over 90 times in John's Gospel, John says, believe. Believe. Believe in Jesus. Over 90 times he tells us, believe in Jesus. Jesus. 
It tells us to believe because in God's one and only Son is the only way to find forgiveness and salvation. And you know, the clay pots that were used, we, the Bible tells us that sometimes our life, ah, there we are, I was looking for something. Sometimes our life can be like a clay pot. And those clay pots or clay vessels sometimes get damaged, don't they? And sometimes in life, our little life, our little jar, if you like, can sometimes go into dark places. And sometimes life isn't quite what we planned. And some people's lives get smashed by life itself. It comes along just like a big hammer and smashes our lives to pieces. And we don't know what to do and we don't know where to go. But you know, if we ask God, if we turn to God, God will come with his love and he can glue those pieces back together. He can make you whole. He can make you complete. Oh yes, the, the scars will still show You've got to deal with that. Oh yes, you've got to deal with the circumstances that, that cause those scars. But God said to Gideon, Gideon, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And God says that to us. He says in all the circumstances of life, Whatever happens, I'll be with you. My love will be with you. And you know, when our clay vessel is put back together, it allows that light, the light of the world, to shine out to other people. Our lives, instead of being a smash pot, will be useful, will be complete. Do you want God to be not only with you, but in you? The light of the world Jesus has offered to be in your hearts. Gideon eventually, by faith, believed God. Just as you can this morning. Let's just close our service uh, by asking God to bless us as we part. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can have a little bit of fun learning about this man called Gideon, an amazing man. But for Gideon, it wasn't fun. It was life or death. It was do or die. 
And for each one of us, life can be good at times and exceptionally bad at other times. Lord, we ask that you would help us to put our faith in Jesus. We thank you that you have said that if we do that, you'll be with us and you'll be in us and you will make us whole. Bless each one of us as we part, Lord, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.